become misfortune. <laughs> I'm watching you. Hey guys, welcome to episode 27 of Macabre Misfortunes. Good evening. What's up, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> Something's wrong with you. <laughs> Tracy, tonight, or today, depending on when you listen to it, we're going to cover a very sad story. The story of the USS Indianapolis. Hmm. This story is from 1945 and is absolutely incredible. But many people are probably not even aware of it. Not me. Well. I'm not aware of it. You will be. If you've ever seen the movie Jaws, there is a pretty well-known scene where Quint, the guy that was hired to kill the shark, they're on the boat they're kind of out to sea. I think it's nighttime. They're eating their dinner and drinking, having some drinks and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And during that time, Quint explains the story behind his tattoo. He's talking to, of course, Roy Scheider and uh, Richard Dreyfuss's character. It's a really somber kind of scene. You know, it's just kind of really laid back. And he's telling the story about how he was a survivor of the USS Indianapolis. Okay. Now, when that movie came out in 1975, I think it was, there was some more interest, obviously, that that drew some interest to the USS Indianapolis. But, you know, that movie now was so long ago. But people who have seen the movie will probably remember that scene. And if you don't know the story of the USS Indianapolis, you soon will. And you're going to see the connection to Jaws and why that was actually in the movie. So let's get into it. The USS Indianapolis was a heavy cruise ship, cruiser ship, I should say. Not I don't want people to think it was like 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 going to the Bahamas or nothing. It was a cruiser ship, not a cruise ship, for the U.S. Navy. It was based out of Portland, Oregon, and was launched on November 7th, 1931. During World War II... It served as a flagship for Admiral Raymond Spruance in 1943 and 1944 while he commanded the 5th Fleet. In this boat, a ship, I should say, actually would engage in battles all across the Pacific Ocean during the war those couple years. But this ship had a very different purpose than the other ships in the fleet. In late July 1945, it had been on a secret mission. It was delivering parts to the very first atomic bomb to the Pacific island of Tinian. Oh. That's where the American B-29 bombers were based out of. Okay. With the mission complete, they've dropped it off their parts already. This is two weeks before the end of the war on July 30th. 1945, the ship was sailing from Guam when it was hit by a torpedo. 
not once, but twice, it was hit by Japanese submarine tor- torpedoes. Mm-hmm. There were 1,199 men on board at the time of the attack. Now, the first torpedo struck just after midnight. The second torpedo, though, it nearly tore the ship in half. Wow. As fire started to rage below, the ship started to turn onto its side. The order came to abandon ship. Like uh, My order to abandon ship would have happened as soon as that tor- first torpedo hit. Yeah, why would you hang around? So, And that comes into play in a little bit. Torpedo attack killed nearly 300 sailors by itself. This left 900 sailors, roughly, that survived the actual immediate impact of that floating in the Pacific Ocean, clinging to whatever they could in freezing waters. Mm, And just an open target, no matter what. The ship sank in 12 minutes. Wow. From the time the attack happened. So these guys, like I said, they're now in icy cold water of the Pacific, hoping that somebody would soon find them and give them the rescue that they they need at that mm-hmm. time. Many had life-threatening injuries, but this wasn't the worst threat that they were going to encounter. Beneath them, lurking around the debris and the um, sailors, were hundreds of sharks. Aww. They were literally drawn to the carnage and the blood in the water. After the sharks finished feeding on the dead from the explosion, they shifted their attention to the living. These people were just bobbing in the ocean, basically. Some of the men resulted um, to kicking and screaming and pounded the water when the sharks approached. What have we learned about that? That just draws sharks to you. Right. So you don't splash around. And the theory behind that is, and if you've seen Jaws, they actually get into this. Splashing around replicates a sick fish, which is usually what sharks would go after. Mm-hmm. They go after sick or wounded fish. And so when you splash around, they assume that you're a sick or wounded fish. So if you punch them in the nose, it's really not going to help. Actually, you're going to laugh. But... You'll see in just a little bit that that's kind of what they did that did work. Oh. In a a certain sense. I mean, you said it kind of funny, but in reality, you're going to find out that's kind of what they did. So anyway, these guys were starting to splash the water and they were, you know, kicking and all this stuff. And this made the sharks attack and become more aggressive. Yeah, they're like, hey, me. But, But many decided to group together. As their best defense, they actually tied themselves together, like a whole bunch of them together. So they had like their own little mini island mm-hmm. of people that they made. And what they would do was they would, when the sharks get close, to try to hit, actually hit the shark and beat the shark in the face or the back or whatever. And that actually worked to some degree to scare the sharks off if you were actually hitting the shark mm-hmm. and not... Splashing around in the water only. But if you were making contact with the shark, that actually did help. That would be so hard to do, though, without splashing. It would be. And with each shark attack that came, there was a cloud of blood in the water, followed by more screaming and splashing, which caused more shark attacks. Occasionally, 
one of the sailors would drift apart from the group they were in. And in those cases, they were usually picked off by one of the sharks. Mm. Shark watches were actually organized to keep the men together and defend the sharks off when they did arrive. And like I said, the sharks usually stayed away from the larger groups. Unfortunately, they didn't always stay away. And sometimes one person of the group would get attacked. And anyone from one of the larger groups that was attacked would have to be cut away and pushed away from the rest of the group for the overall safety. Oh, how horrible is that? But my thing is, like, they're right in the middle of the ocean. How do they think they're going to escape at all? Well, that's the whole thing. Just imagine the mindset that you're there and you have no idea when somebody's coming. Right. So sad. It was so sad, and to touch on your point, many sailors actually committed suicide out there. Oh, my gosh. So just, just picture that you're one of these sailors. You're out there hanging on to whatever you're hanging on. You're listening. And, and they talked about this. Some of the sailors who survived talked about the screaming that you would hear from mm-hmm. people being eaten by sharks. Oh. And it would be tough. The carnage lasted for four days before help would eventually arrive. Many of the men were dehydrated and hallucinating when they were taken upon the ship. Now, with that being said, of the 900 people who survived the initial bombing, 316 were able to be rescued. On that fourth day, when a nearby destroyer, the USS Cecil Doyle, came to the the scene and started gathering people up, And that actually happened because a plane, a Navy plane that just happened to be flying by there, radioed and said, hey, there are a lot of men in the water. And that ship went over. It was an accident, basically, that this guy even saw them. That is He wasn't out looking for them. Yeah. Well, thank God he did see them. So there were 1,200 men on board the ship at the time of the attack. Almost 900 died to... The torpedo blasts or being covered in oil from the engines of the ship. So they sank. They couldn't swim. They couldn't get past it. Oh, no way. Um, Drinking the salt water, suicide, hypothermia, and shark attack. Oh. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Those poor guys. Now, you might be asking, why did it take four days for help to arrive? Well... There was some disastrous communication errors, we will say. The USS Indianapolis was scheduled to be in port on July 31st after leaving Mm -hmm. uh, Guam, but it was not reported missing when it failed to arrive on time. I was going to say, well, I mean, what the heck? Now, recorded records later show that three different stations received distress signals, but they failed to act on the calls. Why? Well, one of them because one commander was drunk. (gasps) Another had ordered his uh, men not to disturb him, no matter what the situation was. And the third actually thought that it was a Japanese trap. Because there were three different attempts, and none of these people acted on the attempts. Good grief. They were discovered on August 2nd. And like I said, it was a complete coincidence that they were discovered then. Because if that Navy ship or Navy plane hadn't seen them, there's no telling what 
how long oh, it would have yeah, happened. Definitely. Or if they ever would have been found. The U.S. government delayed reporting the tragedy until over two weeks later on August 15, 1945, coincidentally the day that the Japanese surrendered. Mm. So if the Japanese hadn't surrendered then, who knows how long it would have been yeah. if they even told anybody about it. Wow. This is an interesting side note. So Captain Charles B. McVeigh III, he was the ship's captain. He was one of the last people to actually vacate the ship. He was rescued from the water along with a bunch of the other survivors. In November 1945, he was court-martialed for failing to order his men to abandon ship sooner and hazardous uh, sailing of the ship is how it was determined because he didn't zigzag when he was traveling. Hmm. I don't know how you zigzag in a ship that don't go very fast, fast to keep you right. I don't know that either. Um, so what about the other, the drunk dude? Did, well, he, did he get in trouble? Or I don't know. I don't, I don't have anything on the oh. three people who n- miffed on it. Yeah. So this captain, like I said, he was uh, court-martialed. He was convicted of the second charge of not, of, you know, sailing mm-hmm. hazardously. He was later restored to active duty. He retired in 1949. But while many of the survivors stated that the captain uh, wasn't at fault and he definitely wasn't to blame for the tragedy, some of the families of the men who died disagreed. They sent him all kinds of mail, including Christmas cards that read, Merry Christmas, our family's holiday would be a lot merrier if you hadn't killed our son. Wow. In 1968, at the age of 70, he took his own life. I was going to say, I mean, I would think that would probably have to get to him somewhat. He was found clutching a toy soldier that had been given to him as a boy for luck. Oh, no. Oh, wow. And that's the basic story. What a heartbreaking story. The USS Indianapolis. That's why that was in Jaws, because the shark attacks. Yeah. And so it just made sense that the storyline would have him being a survivor mm-hmm. from that. Now he's out hunting sharks all the time. Mm. He's not... I mean, there's so many things that we don't know about what these poor men have gone through, men and women, have gone through. It's just... It's heartbreaking. You ready for your disturbing fact? I don't know. I'm trying to get over this. Well, it has to do with this story. The shark attack... After the sinking of the USS Indianapolis, is reported to be the deadliest mass shark attack in humans on humans in history. Oh, I, I would imagine. I mean, they got their damn bellies full. That's for sure. Yep. Very sad. God bless you, men in the military and women. God bless you all. Yeah, there's probably a few survivors still left from them. Yeah, but there I mean, can't can be you, too many. I can't even imagine having to even live with that. No one. What all they went through. Yeah, it's amazing. Anyways, that's tonight's story. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Well, I didn't. (laughs) All right, guys. We love you. Thank you. Bye, guys. Love you.